What's up, everybody? This is your boy, man. I'm coming at you for the new year. Finally. So I want to say Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year's, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening to Ride Along with JG for the last couple of years. And uh, we're going to jump right into it today, man. And um, I'm going to talk about this interview that I saw with Antonio Brown on one of my favorite podcasts, I Am Athlete. And... Um, I thought AB kind of articulated his point of views very well. Um, the one thing I got to say, Brandon Marshall has got to learn how to, and he he stated that he's got to learn how to uh, articulate his meanings better. I thought what he said was on point, but for somebody like an AB, I felt like they kept missing each other. And he was bragging on AB, saying how. You know, he felt he was a disruptor and um, a very smart, excuse me, a smart and savvy uh, person, business-wise and hardworking person. You know, he was giving them compliments, but AB kind of took the disruptor thing in the wrong way. And all Brandon was trying to say was that you have certain disruptors in our community or in our, you know, in our economic community or just cultural community or whatever. And that's where he was coming from. And so the disruptor thing went in a bad thing. Um, he was saying how, you know, you have people who do that. Colin Kaepernick was a disruptor. He, he pushed the conversation forward um, with police violence by him taking a knee during the National Anthem. Uh, Martin Luther King, a disruptor, you know, pushing civil rights forward. Um, who else? He, he spoke about Steve Jobs, who, you know, disrupted the the IT community. And, and so did, you know, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and all these other guys. Well, Jeff Bezos was, I get him and, and the other guy mixed up, but um, Jeff Bezos pff, disrupted the freaking internet with Amazon like he freaking took off so that, those were that's what he was trying to say like people who disrupt things in a good way in a positive way um that's what he was trying to say about AB but AB kept you know taking it as he was being disruptive and he was right he was like you know you trying to say that I'm disrupting something that was, you know, it was a good situation that I just came and like obliterated pretty much. Um, but Brandon wasn't trying to say that. But AB, after listening to him on that podcast and just watching his demeanor um, and all these things, you're dealing with a human being, right? And I'm going to give you my perspective. All right? So... For y'all who don't know the story, a few weeks ago, um, toward the end of the year, AB was pretty much cut loose in the middle of a game. Um, people want to say that it was because he wasn't getting his targets and he had eight more catches to get um, before he got his bonuses and incentives in his contract. And when he felt he wasn't being targeted enough, um, you know, pretty much midways or late in the third quarter, he quit on the team. Um, AB says that he was hurt. 
he was already playing hurt. Um, but I had an impressive week the week before, and you know they gave him a Tordal shot. Uh, Tordal is pretty much, from what I was told, it's like liquid Tylenol. It just kind of numb you up real good. Um, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> They've given it to me in the hospital with my sickle cell. Now it did help me when they combined it with the other medicines that it was giving me, but. That by itself, unless they give you, I mean, I'm pretty sure they get them healthy doses, so um, they give them enough to where they don't feel no pain um, and can play. So, um, AB said that you know he knew that he was damaging his body by continuing to play, and he felt that he couldn't continue to play. So it could be that they wouldn't give him another shot at halftime. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but his whole thing was, Coach, you know I'm hurt, but I'm still out here trying to play, and, you know, I can't go no more. So, Coach Bruce Arians told him, get the F off the field, you done. And I guess gave him the throat slash, saying that, he, you know, he's getting cut. Now, here's the situation in full. Um, Coach Bruce Arians never wanted AB. Even last year when they won the Super Bowl and those things, he didn't want him. Tom Brady wanted him. And so he was already in a situation that was probably not the best for him because you don't have a coach who wants you. And I've been in a situation where I felt like I was playing for a coach who didn't care to have me or that I meant nothing to. I'll say it that way. I, I think he wanted me uh, because he put me on the team. And it was his decision. It wasn't, a, you know, another player's decision. And, of course, this was college, so it was all up to him. But when I started to play for this guy, you know, and this was, you know, well before I even got on the field, I just felt that I didn't have that support. You know, and I always told people, man, don't nobody, no college coach could ever get under my skin because – of the shit that I went through at home with my mama. Like, my mama yelled at me so much that I felt like no college coach could get under me like that. But this guy did. He was, I, I, I wouldn't say he was worse than my mama. He was probably just on that level to the way he just got under my skin. And I've been cussed out and chewed out all my life by football coaches, and I never really took it sideways. Because I, and my mama wasn't no cursing. She always been in the church. But I would probably have preferred for her to beat me and cuss me out than to give us the tongue lashings that she gave us as kids. So I felt like when I got to college, like, there was nothing that nobody could say to me that could get to me. And um, there's a certain... Everybody has a button. And so I think mine was that I didn't feel like you can chew me out, but I need to feel like I matter to some extent. So even if you chew me out, you put me aside, be like, hey, man, listen, I need you to do better. I need you to work harder. I need you to do this, that, and the other. Don't just be like, you're a sorry piece of shit. Get off my field. You fucking bum. Right? Because that's going to make me quit. That's, that's going to make me feel like 
I don't belong here. You're not. I can't take that type of culture from you. And <clears throat> this was at UCF, so I just left Florida State. A way better program, a way better chance for me to go pro. I won't say way better because, I mean, UCF produced some NFL boys, like a lot of them. And um, I feel like the workouts that we went through prepared you for the NFL. So I won't, I won't, I won't necessarily say that my shot was a little shorter, um, but you definitely had a bigger shot coming from a Power 5 conference, Power 5 school, uh, school who's won a couple of national championships at the time that I was there. And so it, it just hit me different. Like, the crap that I felt like I was going through, I wasn't going through at Florida State. Even though I wasn't there that long, you know, I just felt like the vibe was just different, you know. And so, I didn't, I didn't take kindly to his coaching. And the thing about his coaching, the thing about his personality was that everybody was under his thumb. So it wasn't that any coach had the the time to caress and nurture. Like you already had to be. You know what I'm saying? So if you weren't already that guy or somebody that they could feel like they could just throw you in the weight room, buff you up and depend on come game time, then the nurturing part went out the window because he was doing the same shit to my coaches. So it was just a hostile environment all the way around as opposed to, you know, I put it like this. And I chew my kids out. And my coach chew our kids out. So like, as opposed to, I say, when I coach with another coach, um, Vesta. A lot of kids didn't care for Vesta, especially the black ones. So as an assistant coach, they would always come to me or talk to me and be feeling more comfortable talking to me because I could I could chew them out and they could take it more coming from somebody they trusted and knew than somebody who's brand new and don't know them and, and they feeling like a slave. He feeling, you know, pushing them like he's a slave driver. You know, and, and then I DC at the time, um, I don't think too many kids really took to him like that either. I mean, they didn't really have no beef with him. They just didn't take to him like that. You know, and Vesta was the type of cat. He was a lot like O'Leary in a sense of where he would try to chew out coaches in front of kids and try to chew out kids. Now, he never chewed out Corey and Jalen a day in his life. And he never chewed me out because we would have fought. Like, the way I heard him talk to some of the other coaches, I would have busted that. Like, real talk, like, uh-uh. You can't talk to everybody any kind of way. So, and he knew that because he never, ever, ever tested Corey and Jalen. Corey and Jalen, y'all that don't know, Corey and Jalen was two All-American, pretty much, uh, high school players who went to Division One, went to Florida State. And so um, he kissed their ass all the time. But for the other kids, like he literally was driving kids away. He drove my son away. He drove, you know, and it took my son leaving for other kids to be like, you know what, I'm leaving too. So 
<clears throat> of course, I left after that. Well, I stopped coaching for a little bit after my son left, and it was just a whole big thing. But you can't have your head coach. He he has the right to be an ass. I'll say it like that. But if you're a type of player in an environment where you feel like nobody has your back, it's hard. And I think that's what A.B. was trying to get over to Brandon. Like, bro, I had nobody to stand up for me ever. And I, and I think Brandon kept kind of taking it as in that moment. Like, he had nobody. And, and you could see some of the boys coming over to A.B. and trying to talk to him and reason with him and stuff like that. And trying to get him to calm down and he couldn't but it was it was like ab is the type of person if you ain't with me from jump bro don't try to be with me now like he's one of those kids and i say kid but that's a grown man but he reminds me of 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 so many of these kids who if they don't feel comfortable with you then when shit hit the fan you're not gonna be the one to go talk to him and i know kids that i'm not that close to like that that even play on my team because they hang with other coaches. So when they not in their right head or they don't feel they feel some type of way, I'm not going to be that coach to go to them and be like, hey, man, you need to calm down and chill out. Because I know they're not going to listen to me. You know, and it's only a handful of kids that's like that. But, but I got to, you know, I got to let that coach handle that because that's who he has that relationship with. So when we look at AB's situation, AB felt alone. He felt disrespected. He felt neglected. And he felt he did what was best for him. And he repeatedly said that on the podcast, you know, we grow up different. We react to things differently. He told me what he told me. You know, somebody could have fought him. Somebody could have been like, I'm not dealing with this a-hole and go off on him on the sideline. A.B. didn't do none of that. He said, he said what he said to me. I took that as you don't want me here no more. I'm wearing your colors. I'm taking your colors off. I'm taking off your brand and I'm leaving. There's nothing else for me to do. I'm out. You already done cut me. Why would I stay? And so in hindsight, I'm like, you know what, bro? You did the right thing. You did the right thing. Now to us, because we listen to the media and we know AB done been through some stuff in the past. And he, I just feel like this cat always have a rhyme or reason for what he does. Um, even in Pittsburgh, right? I sympathized with him after hearing the interview that he gave about not playing in the game to get us to the playoffs. It was something like that. And he was like, all year long, I never got a text, a phone call, or nothing from Big Ben. And I felt like him and Tomlin had a better relationship and, you know, he's like, I felt left out. He was like, I felt like I was a big part of the team, but it's always them two that's talking. You know, and then now that the playoffs on the line, now you want to text me and be like, hey, let's go throw around. 
when I've been trying to get you to throw around with me for the last few years during the offseason or whatever, you don't want to do that. You don't reach out to me. You got your people who you reaching out to, but I ain't one of them. So I kind of sympathize with him with that because he's that type of person. He needs that. And he's not going to always look at football as a business. And that's cool. And on one hand, you kind of got to, and I, that's where I kind of agree with Brandon, and, but that was his thing. You know, he told Brandon, he said, look, man, you say you'll deal with it this way because this is what you want. I got what I want. I got money. I got a ring or two. I'm good. Do I want to play again? Yeah. But if I don't, then I'm good because I feel good about myself for standing up for myself. But standing on my principles. And I can't I can't I can't hate the man for that. I don't look at him crazy for that. I look at the flip side of that and say, you know what? This isn't this is a cat who realizes what he has. He still has a lot of money in his bank account. And he ain't spending it crazily. He probably finna invest wisely. And make sure his money going to always grow whether he got football or not. He said, if I needed money, I would have played hurt. I don't need money. So when you try to dangle that carrot over somebody's head, that's just like being a slave. You dangle people freedom over your head. Slaves had to work in the fields for their life. For their freedom. In hopes to get, you know, certain liberties. So A.B. said, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to shuck and jive for you. And I can't fault the man for that. I really don't. I really don't. Because these white people think they can do that to you. And so the best way he put it to me that I really, you know, locked into it. He was like, it was just a normal work environment. And my boss went off on me crazy. And I decided to quit. And I left my job. It just so happens that my job is the is on TV. Me and my boss is both famous. And everybody's seen it happen. He said, but that's all it was. Let everybody go through this. Somebody somewhere in this world go through that every day. It just so happened mine is on TV and that's the most watched thing on TV. Week in and week out. So when y'all look at A B, um, and if you going through stuff like that on your own job, don't let nobody hold nothing over your head. No no amount of money is worth that. No amount of money is worth your dignity and your you know, self awareness or your pride. Or, or just your well-being, period. You know, because the thing about that is you can say, you can take that. And I know we are taught, you know, this is your livelihood. This is how you make your money. This is how you provide for your family. But look, God is going to bless you to be in a better position. I promise you that. God will not allow you to be become a slave again. God will not allow you to live in misery. So, my thing is... um, I've had that situation happen even with my own family. Like everybody who probably listens to this podcast know I played bass for my church. There was there was times where I'm, you know, 
I might have been struggling financially, and we get a little, a little, and I say little, I mean a little. Nothing to live on, nothing to even get through the day with. Check from the church. My mom used to try to dangle that little check in front of my head, over my head. And I, I say, look, when I started playing this bass, I ain't get paid nothing for years. I don't need this money. Even if I'm on my anus, I'll never let you dangle that little check in, over my head. It does nothing for me anyway. All they're doing is putting gas in my car. So I'll never let you dangle that over my head. And make me feel less than. Or that I'm that I'm here doing what I love to do for this little check. So don't let nobody ever ever take away your pride and your and your your peace of mind. Never. I appreciate y'all listening, man. Um, I hope this was a good little podcast to start off the new year. Enjoy the new year, right? Enjoy this year, man. God telling me to tell y'all that. Live your life. Enjoy the new year. Make sure you vaccinated. Make sure that you are continuing to take care of your bodies. Continuing to cover your kids. Continuing to wear your mask. But live your life this year. God has blessed us to see 2022. We have had a rough couple of years. God has blessed us to see this year because I feel like this year we are going to be triumphant. We are going to be because we've overcome. The ones of us that are still here, we have overcome. And I know they're going to throw another monkey wrench in us. But God has kept us this long, this far. And I feel like he's going to continue to do that. So live life this year. Don't live your life in fear. Don't live your life and feel COVID. Live your life in the pursuit of knowing that God has got us covered and that we are the chosen ones and that we are going to be okay in this time. God is going to keep us. God is going to maintain our health. He's going to maintain our peace of mind. He's going to maintain our peace. He's going to maintain our finances. He's going to maintain everything. He's going to keep us. He's going to bring our families even closer together. Our loved ones even closer together. You're going to find your husband this year. You're going to find your wife this year. You're going to find your boo thing this year. Good things, man. Great things. Miracle type things are going to happen for everybody. Starting this month. Starting in January. If it ain't already happened for you, watch God work for you, man. I'm telling you. God is, going, God is stirring up something in us. He's stirring up something in us. And, and, and don't say no to nothing. If it's, especially if it's something good, get out of your comfort zone this year. That's what God really pushing me to say. Get out of your comfort zone this year. Right? Go take that trip that you've been talking about taking for the last 10, 15 years. Go, go talk to that person that you've been eyeballing at work for the last two or three years. Go talk to them. Whether it's a friendship or whether it's a relationship, go talk to them. Go go get out your comfort zone this year, man. And your life will be very, 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 very blessed and enriched. Your life is going to be enriched. My life is going to be enriched. You know, I'm a simple person. All, all, all I ever want in my life is to 
be able to make money and survive, not just survive. I don't want to just survive no more. I don't want y'all to just survive no more. I want y'all to be wealthy, be mentally wealthy, be spiritually wealthy, be financially wealthy, be whole. Like, like this is the year to be whole and to be new and to be on a different level that you've never been on before and that you have never seen or envisioned before for your life. And it's going to take you getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Now, don't go out there and get butt wild and, and, and be throwing babies left and right and all that. I ain't saying it for y'all to go out there and do all that. But what I'm saying is, is get out your comfort zone and let God work in you and through you. And enjoy your life. God's going to bless you, but you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. Like God's been telling me to make this podcast for I don't know how long, man. But I just, I haven't been able to find a topic I really want to talk about. I haven't been able to, you know, put a good one together. So this is the best one that I felt that I felt comfortable with. And, and and something I just felt like I had to do something because he's been pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. But this latter half of this uh, uh, podcast, I'm telling y'all, man, this is probably the best part of this podcast, the meat of this podcast. I love to encourage people and I love, you know, talking to y'all. And, you know, I want to get more and more um, in depth with it. Um, I already said I'm taking my culture check and I'm buying a camera. That microphone, and I'm gonna get a real deal set up podcast this year, man. And I'm gonna invite people on. I really want to get deep into this thing, man, because this is what I love to do. I love to talk about just different stuff and dialogue and debate and conversate. But I want to grow this thing, man. I want to grow my social media presence. I want to be big in this thing, and I want to make a lot of money doing it. Um, it's too much money out here to be made, it's too much money out here to be made. Um, I'm also getting out of my comfort zone. I've been looking up, going back to school, man. So, um, just just live life this year, man. Enjoy life. God's going to bless us tremendously. Um, anything we want and desire and need, God's going to do it for us. He already shown me multiple times. But, you know, at the end of the year last year and uh, even in this year, that he's going to always take care of my needs. Always 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 so um y'all do do that thing man live your life love your life love on your kids love on your loved ones um because life is still short it's still short man so love on your people man um take care of one another take care of yourself give yourself a whole lot of self-love this year whole lot of self-care this year Alright, I love y'all man. Thank you for listening. Um as always, spread it, share it, uh find a way to give me feedback. Um and that's the other thing. I'm gonna have to find another platform or something so that you guys could you know, I wanna go live and be live with my podcast so you can jump in and, and dialogue and stuff like that. So, um Jump in and do that. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. If you don't follow me, follow me on uh, TikTok as well. Um, I have a couple funny videos. I be I be showing out on on TikTok. Uh, oh my God! Let me see. My name on TikTok is JG five nine nine seven two two two. All right. It's JG 
or it's at JG5997222, JG the GOAT 59. All right, JG in capital letters, DA lowercase, GOAT in capital letters, 59. All right, y'all hit me up, man, and um, follow me. And um, there's one more thing I want to say. Oh, my cash app. Gotta say, start putting cash app on everything. All right, you never know who will bless you. My cash app is also JG. Um, it might be five nine seven two two two, but I think it's just JG two two two. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna give it to y'all. You never know who will bless you, man. On your cash app, you never know. It's JG two two two. Dollar sign JG222. You want to bless, be a blessing to um, this podcast um, or just in, a, uh, uh, in my life or whatever. JG222. Dollar sign JG222. I keep forgetting the dollar sign. But dollar sign JG222. Lowercase JG. And for y'all who know me personally, if you got my phone number, you can type my phone number in. And there you go. Alright, but I love y'all, man. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. I love y'all. Peace out.